Welcome to HashiCast, the self-proclaimed number one podcast about the world of DevOps practices, tools, and practitioners. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HashiCast. Today, we're going to be speaking with one of our HashiCorp ambassadors, Sravanan. Sravanan, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Sravanan here. I'm from uh, Chennai, India, uh, based out of uh, the Tamil Nadu location in India. So, yeah, I would like to thank uh, HashiCorp team uh, for providing me this opportunity. Uh, to talk about my experience uh, around uh, DevOps, cloud, automation, and infrastructure as a code, uh, technologies and all, right? So I'm very curious to share my knowledge. Uh, so if I had to tell brief about me, uh, I am Saravanan and uh, I have been in uh, IT industry for more than 17 years. Uh, so after working with uh, various uh, like you know, services-based industries and uh, various uh, like you know, larger client uh, uh, projects, I have recently started my own uh, technology startup uh, named as uh, Cloud Angel Labs. In Cloud Angel Labs, like you know, we are majorly focusing on uh, solving the problems of uh, application and product-based startups, uh, where uh, they would be like you know, having the products ready and uh, they would be struggling to deploy it in the cloud and uh, they would be facing issues with release uh, releasing their products. Right. So that is a major uh, like you no know, part of the problem statement we are trying to resolve and. Uh, we also have some product ideas related to DevOps and cloud. Uh, so that anyway, like we will be taking up uh, like after some time, uh, like later in a year or so. So how did you get started in the technology industry? Was your first role in DevOps? Uh, so basically, like uh, uh, I started as a developer uh, and uh, like you know, work and worked on C plus plus development projects and moved on to architect roles, and I have been in that. Uh, like you no know, technical industry for work for more like around uh, seven eight years, and then around 2013 uh, I moved to uh, cloud and uh, DevOps uh, automation projects. Basically, I cross skilled myself and uh, I got a chance to work on uh, different uh, application design and application deployment uh, projects, and I also got a chance to work on. Uh, cloud platform product basically i got a chance to work on different uh, like no uh, cloud products and uh, deployment automation and infrastructure automation since it is a cloud product uh, they supported all the three major clouds and i got a chance to work on uh, aws azure and uh, gcp during that time and uh, and regards to my uh, other interest basically i would like to share knowledge with the community uh, that's when um, I have started writing blogs and started creating videos uh, in YouTube and also like you no know, writing blogs in Dev2 currently. Uh, so basically, like uh, that's when I, I got a uh, like you no know, uh, chance to share my knowledge so that uh, I can create a community for ourselves, right? So uh, so due to this uh, like you no know, uh, community contributions, I have been recognized as a uh, Hashikarp ambassador, as well as uh, I'm part of AWS Community Builder program as well for past three years. So that's pretty much uh, about my introduction from like you no know, from where I started to like you know, where I am today. So I don't hear about too many people who go from a strong development background and go into DevOps, right, or cloud automation. So what was something that was challenging about that, or? Do you think that it was pretty easy going from a developer background into DevOps and automation at the time? 
since i uh, moved uh, my career from a development architect uh, to a devops role uh, basically it, i find it very easy uh, because uh, i know the best of both the worlds right? like like how when we are working in development we would be developing the uh, code and uh, building it and deploying it in the server so we know that path as well and uh, we don't we know like you know how to uh, like you know how the application going to work in uh, production kind of environment or whatever the environments we are deploying right so as a developer we would be knowing it and when i moved to devops uh, for me i felt it is very easy to pick up things with uh, like you no know, deployment automation cicd setup and uh, uh with respect to like no infrastructure deployment and all i i i kind of learned it uh, kind of easily and i have a very uh, like no not a very uh, steep learning curve i i felt it comfortable uh, moving from development to uh, devops uh, basically yeah uh, you mentioned terraform uh, as one of the tools that you like to use quite a bit um and that might have been i think that was also your first experience right with the hashicorp tools yep yep yeah correct so around 2015 um, there was a requirement of uh, to create a infrastructure in oci and during that time that is the time like oci has been created like oracle cloud uh, and they like you no know, they very much supported with uh, terraform so that's when i started with uh, terraform and then uh, i had previously worked on aws cloud formation and uh, we also had requirement to convert the cloud formation templates to terraform so i worked on that as well and uh, in my experience i have like you no know, supported uh, like you no know, smaller clients to the larger clients with multi tier architecture and multi multi environment uh, like you no know, infrastructure deployments and uh, cicd deployments actually so i have very quite a good experience in implementing all the automation from uh, continuous integration to continuous uh, deployment and delivery stages right Yeah, it's awesome and I think you have to be flexible in today's technology industry, right? Because there are so many technologies and you have to learn them all very quickly. So, what is the way how do you learn a new technology quickly because I know you must see a lot of them um and different projects will ask you to do different things. So, how do you learn quickly? For any technology, if I wanted to learn, I will just uh, uh, go to, go through the documentation and uh, i will just uh, go through the getting started guide and i will just uh, start learning about the uh, technologies basically having a very detailed uh, explanation of like you know how to set up things and uh, how to uh, like you know how to set up things and how to do your first application or first uh, first level of uh, command line uh, execution right so that is the best way to start uh, our uh, like you know technology learning and what i usually do is i will create a journal out of it uh, like you know from uh, what are all the links i am referring and uh, what are all the like you know technical steps i am uh, going through and uh, i will just write out everything in a notepad or like you know whatever is comfortable to me and i'll just create a journal out of it and once after if it is having any script kind of thing right you now for setting up uh, things and the environment setup and all i'll just capture the commands so that i can later make it as a script or anything so that if at all if i want to reuse it for any other uh, new or uh, learning or if i want to reuse it i can just create it as a script and i'll uh, do it at later and the and the reason for creating it as a journal is like you no know, i also write a blogs right so basically like you know i will i'll just uh, like you no know, use that journal and uh, add uh, like you no know, some uh, introduction part and how to do and prerequisite and i'll just make the journal as a blog and uh, i will also publish it uh, for my own reference first 
and then uh, people also making it uh, useful later right so that's how i grown my blog uh, blogging as well so that's about my technical learning uh, ideas and stuff yeah yeah that's how uh that's how i do it too actually i am usually the person who goes back to my blog because i forgot something right and so my nice. blog i'm like oh and now i remember how i did it before what i would suggest is like you no know, for anyone learning new technology i would suggest to create it as a, a github repository and we can add a readme file and explain the steps whatever we are going through as part of our journal right so and once we have created it as a readme file and, and it is also easy for us to make it as a blog later actually so i would suggest anyone to learning new technology nowadays every recruiter uh, seeing the github contributions and blogging contributions it will make people to stand out in the crowd right so that is also one other uh, suggestion i would give for anyone starting to learn new technology you mentioned you worked with a number of customers and clients who are looking to take their products and scale them across multiple environments and multiple runtimes can you tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that you've seen that are the most common and a mistake that um, a lot of the folks who are building their product make in the beginning and it affects them when they scale later while i was working in uh, my previous companies and uh, after i started my own companies and after started interacting with uh, many product companies uh, with their application uh, de- development right so one thing i have noticed is so whoever having product idea in mind uh, they are actually not having uh, or prioritizing the devops and cloud deployment as part of their uh, uh, work so so basically like how they are going about it is like you no know, they have uh, mvp ready and they have running it in their local environment or like you no know, some uh, ec2 instance in uh, wherein they manually created the uh, server and uh, they deployed it and uh, once after the mvp is over uh, since they haven't uh, uh, considered the devops and cloud as part of their uh, priority so they would be finding it difficult to scale their product later at the later point right so so that's when i would suggest all the companies who are uh, like no uh, prioritizing their product development right they need to equally also uh, prioritize the uh, deployment automation cicd setup and uh, analyzing their uh, cloud provider and uh, start doing the deployment at the earlier stage itself that's when uh, like no it will be easy for them as well as uh, if if they are onboarding any uh, devops team right so it will be easy for everybody right you bring up a really interesting point here where the organizations that adopt an early devops mindset or philosophy are able to scale not just from a technical standpoint but they're able to scale from an organizational standpoint the more engineers that are being added the more people who are developing the product it makes it a lot easier to onboard it's not something that i was thinking about directly so the organizations who are picked up the uh, devops and cloud strategy at the earlier stage uh, has seen very uh, like no very great success at the when they are scaling up the product right so that's that's the, that's one of the major uh like no problem statement i wanted to highlight so that uh, whoever uh, listening to this podcast and they if they have a product idea in mind uh, they can consider about it so one consideration is strategy but the other part is more tactical how does someone scale across multiple environments and how do they do that early there are multiple uh, infrastructure as a code uh, solutions currently available 
but uh, terraform is one such tool uh, wherein we can create a code in hashicorp language and uh, it can be uh, supported it, it, it is supporting many cloud providers so even if you are a single cloud uh, uh, organization or multi cloud organization uh, it is better to adapt a tool like uh, uh, terraform so that uh, uh, the learning curve is common for any cloud provider automation right so if a, if you are a meaning if you are planning to pick up a uh, aws based infrastructure tool like cloud formation only aws guy can work on it right so similarly if it is an arm model uh, only azure uh, microsoft azure folks can work but uh, if you are picking up a strategy like a terraform for your uh, like no uh, multiple environment uh, uh, like no infrastructure provisioning so uh, terraform supports uh, a multiple cloud provider implementation right so uh, anyone knows terraform can implement uh, multiple cloud provider infrastructure provisioning right so that's uh, that's about uh, like you know how to go about uh, spinning up the multiple uh, environment and uh, terraform also supports uh, uh, environment files and templatizing and modules and there are so many lots of features there so we don't have to reinvent the code uh, again and again uh, we can use the terraform features like whatever i, I told just now right and uh, we can create one templatized environment and we can just create multiple environment using the uh, templatization and the variable uh, variableization so that uh, we don't have to uh, like no uh, recreate the code once again for the different environments and the code redundancy is avoided and uh, terraform also has features like no uh, each environment can be version controlled using uh, when we are ch- pushing the code into the uh, github kind of source control tool so rollback also easy right so these are all some of the features i wanted to call out that is kind of adding the uh, <coughs> advantage of uh, creating the mul- uh, multiple environment right so just to summarize like what i mentioned like uh, uh, product organizations has to uh, uh, like no pick up the cloud and deployment strategy at the earlier stages and they can go about uh, uh, like no choosing the terraform kind of tools for their multi cloud or multiple uh, uh, environment uh, infrastructure provisioning so that um, Uh, it will be easily managed uh, with the one one uh, one uh, language like uh, terraform kind of technology i like the way you thought about it right because you know you in order for you to scale you have to set up the skill sets and the foundations and the right mindset um and if you don't do that early on and you don't think carefully about well you know how are we going to adopt a tool or adopt a mindset that helps us scale then it makes it very difficult um and i think that's one of those things that we don't we don't think about very early on it's easy just to say oh i'm going to do it and then never never think about it again so we've been talking a lot about skills we've been talking about a lot, a lot about your experiences how to scale um what are some other challenges that you're encountering when it comes to deploying products to production right from mvp mvp to production i imagine there's a big question around how to get from a local development environment to a production environment um there have been tools that have coming out that are trying to ease that experience but what is your perspective around optimizing for an easy local to remote development experience it is very important to uh, like no deploy whatever the developer has been uh, developed and tested in their local environment needs to be deployed into the testing environment and other environments right it is also important to parallelly start developing their uh, infrastructure 
automation as well in parallel so whenever uh, developer is ready with the deploying their code they can easily deploy it because of the infrastructure automation is already done and the environment is, environment is ready for them to deploy their uh, uh, the developer code right so so that's when uh, this uh, strategies like uh, containerization and packaging and uh, and the cloud native uh, like you know, development and all coming into picture so basically uh, so like uh, cloud native development is one of the way of uh, developing the application and nowadays everybody is moving towards that in my like you no know, uh, strategy uh, architecting strategy also i predominantly uh, see if at all if we, if we can uh, containerize the application and take uh, no deploy it as a image into the uh, servers using uh, orchestrators uh, orchestrator tools and uh, uh eks or eks kind of uh, solutions mm-hmm. right so that is that is that is one thing i also i also would be considering right as part of uh, yeah. while while like you no know, deploying the co- code as part of infrastructure automation so basically like incorporating uh, like you no know, development as well as infrastructure automation at the parallel uh, development would be uh, giving more success to any project uh, basically right it's an interesting thought because it we can create infrastructure a lot more easily in cloud providers um and having some automation in place to do that makes it easier for us to reproduce a local environment and a remote environment that, you know very similarly right so especially with kubernetes it's much easier to use a local development environment that's kubernetes local right so um you know that that makes it a little bit easier in that respect but what about cicd right because we have all these processes um to make sure that we go to production in the correct way or nothing is broken how does infrastructure as code fit with cicd it is also important to incorporate the infrastructure as a code as part of the deployment pipeline right so whenever uh, if there is a deployment uh, product uh, like no uh, feature is getting uh, released uh, in, in some cases uh, whatever the uh, code changes uh, and configuration that is been with the earlier uh, uh, like no uh, release may not may not be there in the new release in that case we also need to uh, update our infrastructure as a code uh, uh, with the new configurations and uh, we also need to uh, deploy it in the environment right so it is important uh, nowadays to incorporate the infrastructure as a code as part of uh, ca cd pipeline so that whenever there is a new feature comes in Uh, infrastructure would be ready with the uh, configuration changes for the uh, newer code deployment right so that uh, whenever the uh, pipeline is uh, running it will also spin up a new environment in the cloud or on prem or wherever it is and the code would be deployed and it would be ready for uh, testing team or like if it is uh, if it is an automated testing it would be ready for automation testing basically so that's about uh, like you no know, how we can integrate uh, ci and cd pipeline and uh, and for continuous deployment i have one view basically like you no know, for lower environments like you no know, lower test, test environment and those kind of environments we don't have to actually uh, have an approval mechanism but uh, it, it is uh, it is about uh, organizations uh, uh, decision whether to have approval at all the stages and uh, or uh, no approval for lower environment and uh, approval for uh, beta or production kind of stages so basically like uh, it's it, it is a deployment strategy we need to define at the earlier stages for like you know, how we are going to go about lower environment deployment and higher environment deployment in that case we can adapt uh, the cloud uh, continuous deployment and continuous delivery strategy uh, wherever is uh, needed so basically like for production and uh, other environments it is important to uh, do the deployment with approval with all the stakeholders involved 
and for lower environment like uh, testing uh, low, 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 lower testing environment it is fine to deploy it without uh, without approval as part of the pipeline we can just spin up the environment and deploy the code and test it actually so that's my take on this uh, rose hope that is uh, helpful I think that's a very nuanced way of looking at it, right? Because you're trying to get an application from local development to production as quickly as possible. And if you don't need to have manual approvals to hold things in testing or staging, then it means that you know you iterate on that feedback much faster. And if you continue to put a manual approval in production, that means that you have the ability to functionally and um, securely review those changes as well. I think it's a good way to balance the interests of um, you know folks who are looking for more compliance or for more review of code before it goes to production, but also allow fast iteration from a development standpoint. So we've been talking quite a bit about your experiences and thoughts on infrastructure as code, but I, I did want to ask you about some projects that you're doing. What's a project that's really exciting to you right now? So currently I'm working on uh, setting up uh, deployment automation and infrastructure automation for uh, two products basically, like one is a FinTech product and another one is healthcare product. I am also playing the role as a chief technical evangelist for these projects and looking after the various aspects of uh, designing on the architecture uh, and the deployment methodology and uh, setting up the development team and uh, gathering uh, all the dots and I am working as a chief technical evangelist for these projects and uh, it's uh, going very interesting as part of my uh, new venture. So you have a lot going on. You have a blog, you have a YouTube channel, right? And you also have all of the other work that you're doing as well. Um, so as a, you know, I could, you know, I could see just how much uh, work and how much help you're giving the community in this space um, from education, but also to just technical implementation too. Um, and so I, everybody appreciates that. I, I think that there's, there's something that we, you know, we don't really look into as much, but it's worth discussing. But what do you see uh, as the biggest technology challenges in your community, right? Um, is it about getting the resources to learn the skills? Uh, is it the technical implementation? Um, what are some of the real challenges that are happening um, in your region? And how are, you know, how are ways that we can help with those? So with respect to technology challenges in the community here in India, so basically like you know, India is a diverse uh, country with uh, different uh, language speaking people uh, there. And uh, often I find it uh, like, you no know, uh, people may not be understanding uh, like, you no know, the technical courses in English. Oftentimes I uh, recently and all, I, I started uh, like, you no know, facing questions like, you know, why can't you uh, take vernacular courses in uh, like, you know, uh, native languages, right? So, so basically, like you know, that is one aspect of it. I would say uh, people are struggling to learn technologies because uh, may not every people may not be uh, understanding or like you know, the uh, the way uh, high higher level uh, like you know, uh, technical courses are there, right? So basically, like you no, know, uh, I would request the community to come forward and produce more uh, native language courses so that. Uh, there are a lot of uh, folks uh, around there uh, waiting for such content to be consumed, right? And that is the one request for from my side for the community. And uh, I'm also going to start uh, the native language uh, trainings and the stuff uh, uh, sooner, actually, so that uh, 
i can reach more uh, community audience and stuff and uh, for technical people uh, on the other hand right so this is about the native language courses and training side and uh, there are lots of uh, uh, technical technology people working in uh, state of state of the art technologies and cutting edge technologies and stuff right and often times i find that they may not be uh, coming forward to share the knowledge right but uh, my kind request for them is like you now they need to come forward and start sharing the knowledge so that uh, we can have more and more uh, knowledge is getting shared and more and more community is getting benefited out of it right so that is also one other kind request from my side with respect to like you no know, sharing the uh, knowledge to the community basically yeah i think that's one of the things that is um most difficult to convince uh you know someone to explain you know what do that what does their system look like and what challenges do they face and face and how do they solve them um these case studies are so hard sometimes because people don't always want to talk about uh these proprietary systems but um i think those are the ones where i learn the most uh because it's something unique you're not going to see the challenges uh in a tutorial sometimes right it's it's only going to be something that someone has done and they need um they need something specific or need something unique uh to fix a challenge that they have all right so that is the last question uh almost the last question i have but we have one final question that is very much less serious <laughs> so it is not about technology it's not about devops um if i were to visit chennai if i were to visit what is something i should do uh chennai is one of the uh, important uh, and major cities in india uh, you might you might be knowing about uh, delhi mumbai bangalore calcutta right and chennai is also part of the one of the major city in india and uh, it is situated in uh, tamil nadu and uh, chennai has a very rich culture and uh, while from the colonial era and it served as a secretariat for the uh, like you no know, uh, british and uh, it has uh, like you no know, uh, very traditional temples and uh, it is also having one of the largest uh, uh, beaches in the world called marina beach so and uh, there are there is also like lots of churches uh, temples and uh, you can have so many religious places and uh, we also have lots of uh, resorts uh, beach resorts out there uh, near to mahabalipuram mahabalipuram is one of the unesco world heritage site uh, located in uh, near to chennai around uh, 30 kilometers uh, distance right so whenever you are visiting chennai visit marina visit mahabalipuram and uh, there are lots of template and uh, so chennai is famous for uh, south indian food if you are a vegetarian you have lots of option if you are also a, a non vegetarian there is also native foods available you can just uh, try it out uh, whenever you are visiting chennai And uh so what is a food that I should try? I guess I should have asked that as the original question but now I'm curious. What is the food that you recommend I try? You can try out uh, idli, uh, dosa, uh, pongal, vada and sambar. Yeah, those are the famous foods in Chennai. You can just try it out. Yeah, okay, that's good to know. See, this is why this is an important question to ask. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> If I ever visit, at least I know what I can eat and what I should do, right? Definitely, yeah. And uh, yeah, I missed to talk about the filter coffee. It's very famous here in Chennai. So apart from like, you know, I what I mentioned like idli, dosa, sambar and uh, vada, right? And uh, you also taste the filter coffee here. It's uh, like a home homegrown uh, brewed uh, coffee and uh, it will be very tasty. Yeah. Okay, see I coffee coffee I need. So this is a these are good things to know. Otherwise, you know, if I go there and I have no coffee, I don't know how <laughs> how I'm going to wake up in the morning. 
All right. Well, it was great having you on HashiCast. Thank you so much for giving our thoughts uh, on technical, on some of the technical things um, that you're working on and skill, you know, skills acquisition, training and all. Thank you in general for all of the things you do as a HashiCorp ambassador. Hopefully we see you at HashiConf. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that we will have a fantastic time, you know, working with you and the community in India. So Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we we get to uh, have you on another HashiCast or something else. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Rose, for being a nice host, actually. I enjoyed uh, our conversation thoroughly. And uh, thanks for asking interesting questions. And once again, thank you for uh, HashiCard team for providing me opportunity to share my knowledge on things. And hope uh, this would be helpful for uh, like you know, product companies and uh, DevOps engineers or looking to adapt to DevOps and uh, who are trying to uh, learn new things, right? I hope this session would be useful. And you can just try to reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and uh, like, no, wherever possible. You've been listening to HashiCasts with your host, Rosemary Wong. Our guest today was Saravanan Naranaguru, HashiCorp ambassador and founder of Cloud Engine Labs. Be sure to tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs>